Welcome back to Just Scrap Radio on BJPen.com. I'm your host, Cole Sheldon, episode 65. We got a good lineup ahead of UFC Vegas 47. First up, we're joined by one half of the main event in Jack Hermanson to preview his fight against Sean Strickland. Really good stuff with Jack. Really intriguing fight. Obviously, Jack knows he gets down to this, he gets this fight down to the ground. He thinks he can submit Sean and get this fight over within the first or second round to get done pretty early. And he thinks if he can get a big stoppage win and Brunson were to beat Cannoneer and Adesanya beats Whitaker. It kind of sets him up for a next title shot because he doesn't think there would be much interest in Adesanya and Brunson uh, running it back. But we're then going to be joined by Sam Alvey to preview his fight against Phil Haas. He's supposed to fight Ian Heinish. Uh, Heinish had to pull due to an injury and Phil Haas stepped in. Really intriguing matchup. Obviously, Alvey's the main training partner of Sean Strickland, so he's really excited to get to share the card with one another. And this is a big fight for Alvey. Like, he is, hasn't won in I think it's seven fights. One, yeah, he's hasn't won a fight since June of 2018. A split decision, John Volante. Every single time he thought it was gonna be it, but he has a draw mixed in there. But six losses, like it hasn't looked good for Sam Alvey. He knows this is do or die, but he thinks he can knock out Phil Haas after seeing what Chris Curtis was able to do to him in that first round back in their last fight. We're then gonna be joined by Steven Peterson and Julian Arosa back to back to preview their fight. This is fight of the night written all over it. Both Julian Arosa and Steven Peterson come to throw down. Arosa coming off that big upset win over Charles Jordan. Steven Peterson coming off an upset win of his own, beating Chase Hooper, which was his second win in a row. But really big fight. Arosa wanted this. He called out Peterson. So we kind of get both the sides of how this fight kind of came together and what both men kind of think this fight's going to be like. But both of them think it's going to be very exciting. We're then going to be joined by Jason Witt to preview his fight against Philip Rowe. Jason Witt coming off that win. Over Brian Barberina, he said that win kind of saved his career. If he lost, he knew he would have been caught and he would have retired. He said he's, he's already getting up there in age. If he gets released in the UFC, that's it. He doesn't care about fighting on regional shows anymore. But really intriguing match against Philip Rowe where he thinks he has a lot of advantages with his grappling. And we close things out talking to Brian Battle to preview his fight against Treshawn Gore on the main card. This is a really good fight. This is supposed to be the finale of tough. Gore had to pull out to the injury. And since then, they've kind of had a bit of a rivalry. They've been booked about three or four times. Battles told me in the past on the regional scene, never came together. So he's glad it's finally happening now. He wants to put a stamp on that he is the true winner of tough and really just wants to finish Treshawn and kind of shut everyone up, him and all his fans up that saying Gore would have won the show. But really good show. Be sure to tune in next week for an episode about UFC 271. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to share the show. Be sure to share the show. Subscribe and thank you all for listening. All right, we're joined by UFC middleweight Jack Hermanson, who's headlining another card. Jack, how's it going, man? It's going good, my man. How's it going? It's going well here. Um, I was headlining another card. Like, how excited were you when you got that news that you'd be another main event? I'm super happy. You know, I feel uh, privileged to to get these uh, main event slots. Uh, it's always great to headline a card that uh, shows that the UFC is uh, appreciating you as a as a fighter and uh, are willing to put you in the spotlight. So I, I love that. Uh, Sean Strickland, like, did you think this was going to be the guy you'd be matched up against? Um, yeah, I, I could see it coming. You know, I was kind of uh, when. It didn't seem like I was going to get anybody else ranked above me. I tried to get the Paulo Costa fight and so on. And then I was looking to other options. I heard that Sean was uh, willing to fight me. And uh, I was just like, yeah, let, let, let's do that fight. You know, he has some uh, wind in his back with a good win streak. And uh, yeah, I think it's an exciting fight. 
what have you made of his last little run? Because obviously he had that motorcycle accident, took like two years off, and then since then he came back 4-0 at middleweight, like wins over Uri Hall, knocked out Brendan Allen. Like he's looked really good since he came back. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think it fits him uh, better in middleweights where he can have a little bit more energy since he is a cardio fighter pushing forward all the time. Uh, it seems like middleweight definitely is his uh, weight class. So uh, I'm, I'm impressed by uh, what he has done so far. How do you prepare for him? Because he has such a weird style where it's just always coming forward and just straight boxing. And like he even leaves his hands down and like starts talking to you in the fight. Like, how do you prepare for that? Yeah, we just try to do the similar things in the gym, you know, uh, having the guys mimic him a little bit and uh, studying him, uh, just preparing for what is coming. And, uh, and the thing is the, with him is that you kind of get the same look in uh, in most of his fights. Uh, uh, so I feel like you know w- what's coming and uh, that makes it easier to prepare for, even though he has a kind of unusual style. And just quickly, your last fight, like how disappointing was that? You're supposed to be on the uh, Houston card in front of fans and then you get pushed back and then it's just at the apex again in front of no one. Yeah, no, uh, that's the, you know, the downside of uh, uh, both the last fight and this one that it's it's apex uh, card. Uh, but uh, yeah. What can you do about it? You know, somebody needs to needs to fight there as well, and I'm sure that we'll be back to normal soon with all of the cars being uh, with the crowd. Uh, hopefully, so I'm looking forward to that when uh, when it's time to to be fighting in front of the fans again. Your grappling is obviously a big part of your game, but like, how important will that be in this fight, especially just because Sean's known as a box and obviously wants to keep it standing. Yeah, definitely. It's always a big, big part of my game, and uh, I'm always trying to incorporate it whenever it is uh, possible. Uh, I think it's just, uh, I think it's hard for people to prepare for for it. Uh, uh, I think everybody is kind of, uh, you know, get, getting shocked when when I hit the ground with them, uh, with how good I'm, I actually am on, on the ground. Uh, especially when we have uh, punches involved as uh, as well, and I think it's going to be no dif- different with Sean uh, when he feels what I get, uh, what I do have on the ground. Uh, Sean likes to be the one setting the pace and coming forward, but is that something like you think you can't let him get going? Because that's kind of seems when he's at his best is when he's the one kind of leading the dance. Yeah, I don't want to get on my back foot in this one. You know, that's uh, definitely what he when he fights the best, when people are starting to back up and he can, uh, you know, um, claim his space in the cage. So that's definitely an important, important part to, to stand the ground against him. Oh, with the trash talk, like, are you ready for that? Like, you kind of mentioned that you have other guys mimicking it, but it's going to be weird. Like, you're in the middle of a fist fight and he just starts talking to you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, uh, you can try to... to uh, to prepare for that but it's definitely gonna be it's probably gonna be awkward and you just need to stay focused on your tasks you know and not get caught up in that uh but i'm ready for it your last fight you showed a lot like obviously edmund had a good first round and you rallied like do you think it could be like a very similar fight where sean starts off really good and very aggressive and you just kind of 
uh, take over in that second and third round? Uh, yeah, it could be. But uh, I wasn't happy with uh, the first round in, in my last fight. So I'm uh, definitely looking forward to make adjustment in for this one. And, uh, you know, I, w- I want to make it a clean, nice win for myself. And, uh, and uh, hopefully I don't have to work through adversity. Uh, we just go in there and, and dominate. Uh, that's, uh, that's my plan. How do you kind of see this fight playing out? Just because Sean is durable, like he's only ever been finished once. And like when he was a welterweight, he fought Usman and Usman couldn't even put him away. Yeah, that's why I'm looking forward to do that because then I really can show everybody that I have something special. I have something that most people don't have and that's the ability to finish Sean Strickland. So I'm looking for early finish in this one. Uh I don't want a long and grueling fight uh, with uh, Sean Strickland. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's gonna be rough. So, uh, looking forward to to an early finish. What do you think a win over Sean does for you? Because this is kind of a perfect one you are fighting. Because a week later you have Adesanya Whitaker and Kenyer Brunson. So, like the top of the division will be pretty clear, and like you'll be on the same timeline as those guys. Yeah, I'm uh, definitely looking to put myself in a position uh, where I can challenge for the title. Uh, already we have uh, Cannoneer, who has already fought uh, Whitaker. You have Bronson, he already fought uh, Adesanya. So who knows, with a dominant win over Sean Strickland, I might just line up uh, um, side by side by uh, with those guys. A best case scenario for you is Adesanya and Brunson win because then maybe they don't want to do the rematch and then you can slide in. Yep, definitely. Or uh, maybe Whitaker and uh, and Cannonier. Then you know they also recently fought. So, <laughs> do you think though, like in that top ten, like I think Whitaker is like, clearly the second best middleweight right now. But do you think outside of that, in that top ten, like? you probably pose the biggest threat to Adesanya just with your ground game because the rest of them are all strikers. And I don't think I can't really see anyone out striking Adesanya in a fight. Yeah, definitely. I, I see myself as uh, without a doubt the, the best uh, grappler in this division. And that's also why I am the biggest threat to Adesanya. Uh, so I, I think I'm the person that's going to dethrone him. What will that be like? Because although he already has a loss to Yawn that was up 20 pounds and like everyone kind of views him as unbeatable at middleweight. So if you're the one to do it, like that obviously be big. Yeah, that would be that would be big. And I, I really don't think that people see it coming uh, as for now. Uh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe some people, you know, that has good insight, that has been training with me, they, they, they know. They know how, how, how good I am and, uh, and what I can do. And, uh, you know, I think with a guy like Adesanya, I probably just need one takedown and uh, it's going to be really hard for him to survive. Well, you kind of showed in the Gaslam fight, like with, you can snatch up something very quick. Yeah, definitely. Even if I end up on the bottom, I'm, uh, I'm always dangerous. And, uh, yeah, uh, so it doesn't matter who we are in the division. Uh, if, if you are on the ground, you're, you're in big trouble. Like... Are you, would you be opposed to having to do one more fight after this one? Or are you hoping at this one then a title fight? Always hoping for that, of course. That's that's my dream uh, to to fight for the titles. Uh, but I'm ready to do do the work, whatever it takes. 
and uh, so yeah, we'll see what, what happens in this one and what you see things. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm ready. If, if title is is next, I'm ready for that. If if not, I'm gonna continue to to work and to win uh, until I reach that goal. But next fight, you gotta tell the UFC to get you back in front of the fans. No more of the apex. I agree, man. Uh, it's definitely time to to get uh, in front of a crowd again. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, just a couple more things. Like I know you headed out to the states earlier. Like you're already there. Like what was the reason for doing that? Uh, just to adapt uh, for the time difference, the climate. Uh, everything is a little bit different here, so uh, you need that time to to really feel good before before the fight. It uh, it, it takes takes uh, a week at least before you get into normal routines you know and uh, um, and then you want another week to uh, to to be as prepared as you can so that's the that's the reason for it is that something you do before every fight or is that something you just started doing no uh, basically before every fight but it has been sometimes i've been traveling like 10 days before uh, but now i'm i'm going for especially in vegas it's Nine, a nine time, uh, nine hours time difference from from home, so it's, you, you need two weeks for sure. Uh, just last thing I want to touch on was wrestling Homs at Shemayev. That obviously got a lot of attention. Like, what was that like? Because he's supposed to be the welterweight, and he looked like he was a lot bigger than you. Yeah, he's he's a big dude, and uh, you know, I I cut a few kilos down uh, for that fight as well, uh, but. Uh, yeah, we, we are uh, about about the same size. So uh, and uh, you know he is ridic- ridiculously strong for a welterweight. Uh, so uh, it, it was a cool experience to, to do a freestyle match. Uh, it was my first freestyle match uh, ever. You know I have a Greco-Roman wrestling background, so it was a new experience. And uh, um, even though it didn't go my way, it was uh, it was fun to, uh, fun to 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 do something like that. And he was ready to go, like, right away. Like, the people had even left, like, the ring, and he was already trying to take you down. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't ready for that, you know. I was kind of surprised. Uh, uh, as, as you mentioned, you're used that people are going out, and then they say, you know, ready, let's go. But, uh, yeah, it just started, and, uh, and he's a fast starter as well, so it didn't play to my advantage. <laughs> have you guys trained together before like because i know you guys are from the same region is that how it kind of got together as you guys know each other yeah we've been training a couple of times uh yeah uh, like uh, he has been two weeks uh, i think at uh, our gym in oslo so uh yeah we we definitely knew of each other what do you make of him because he seems like a special like talent like everyone already wants to see him fight for the belt and he's like three or four fights in his ufc career yeah i he's, he's a great fighter and i think he, he definitely has the potential to 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 win the gold uh definitely what strikes me the most is just how insanely strong he is for for a welterweight uh it's uh really something something special so um yeah, he's still young, young in his career, you know, and he still needs some more challenges to to prove himself. But potential-wise, uh, there's no doubt he definitely has the potential to to be the champ. And maybe a wrestling rematch in the future. You can actually get the proper time to start. It's not right away. 
Yeah, or let's let's make it a grappling rematch, you know. That's, yeah. that's where I excel. That, that's my game. Uh, uh, 20 minutes, submission-only match, and it's going to be a different story. Well, Jack, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much for doing this, as always. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right, we're joined by UFC middleweight Sam Alvey, who's back in action here pretty soon. Sam, how's it going, man? Doing wonderful, sir. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you always coming on. Like, you're supposed to fight Ian Heinish, comes out, he's out, and then you get Phil Hawes. Like, I remember I was talking to you about it. Like, how much more excited are you now? Because Phil obviously has a much bigger name than what Ian is. Yeah, there's some hype behind him, which is nice. Um, I, I was looking forward to a, a guy who's coming off a few losses in a row like Ian was. Uh, just because I, I'm coming off a few losses in a row. But uh, you know what? There's a lot more hype and uh, yeah, with, with Phil Huzz right now, and I'm looking forward to stepping in the cage and, and showing off a little bit. Uh, just quickly before we get into your fight, I want to talk about your last fight. Like, What do you take away from that? It was a super close fight. Like, I thought you should have got your hand raised a lot, like a lot of your losses on the streak. is, And then just all the fouls that occurred in that fight. Like, What do you kind of take away from it? Uh, cheating will make you win a fight. Uh, Wellington Terman's a cheater. He cheated the entire fight. It should have been disqualified after the fourth or fifth eye poke. Uh, and it just, it affected me more than I should have. I should have been a smart fighter and stayed down. I should have after, especially after the third or fourth poke, I, I should have, I should have said, I can't see. They gave, just give me the win. It's what I should have done. But I, the fighter pride in me took, took, took over and said, ah, I can still see out of one eye. I'm not stopping. Um, and it was, I, I, I should have been, I should have been smarter in the moment. And it, it was my mistake. I, I, by staying in there, I rewarded, I rewarded the cheater with a win. Uh, do you think part of that is why you're getting another fight? Because for the past like three, four fights, whenever we do interviews, you always say, I got to win this one or this is it. But you keep getting brought back. Like, do you part think that might've been the reason too, is Dana White and the UFC kind of saw what you kind of went through in that fight? They came backstage after my fight and they said, Hey, we saw the fight. We know who won the fight. We're, you know, sorry, but it, we, we, we agree. We disagree with the judges. So really the judges are always so good and everyone loves them. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I, 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 I'm trying real hard not to be that bitter fighter. Oh, those judges, the judges, the judges, but God bless it. If them judges don't, I, I don't know if it's, a, I should dye my hair. It's gotta be the ginger in me. They don't like gingers. That's gotta be it. Uh, with Phil, like, what have you kind of made of his run? Like, he had that really good debut, the 18-second knockout, picked up those two wins over Dawkins and Imbov, which are good. And then his last fight, like, kind of surprised a lot of people with Curtis knocking him out early. Yeah, so I was saying, uh, Phil Haas, he, he really is. He's a, he's a stud. Um, he's had some impressive victories, some big knockouts. Uh, I did not – people said I was crazy, but I knew Chris Curtis was going to win the fight. Uh, Curtis is a seasoned vet. He really, he, he's got a hell of a chin. Uh, his takedown defense is good. If probably not great, but it's good. And then his boxing is just clean. Um, I know he, he, the other thing is he loses round one, every fight, every fight he's ever been in, he loses round one. So he was kind of getting beat up round one, but probably about a minute in, he landed a body shot. And that's where I said, well, Curtis is going to win this. Curtis found his range, landed a second body shot a little later. And then uh, came over to the, you know, kind of fainted the body, but came over with that left uh, to put, uh, to put, put, um, what's his name down. And that was just, just, it was beautiful on Curtis's part. It doesn't take anything away from Phil. Uh, Phil's a stud. He just got caught. Uh, But he was, he was looking good until he got caught. I I was just trying to think, have you worked with 
Chris before? Because you've done stuff with Sean. Yeah, Curtis lived off me for like four or five years. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I put him through. I put him through a fighting college. So, um, how much have you talked to him about what he kind of saw in there? Or have you, or have you been able to even work with him? I yeah, Curtis and I aren't on the greatest terms right now. Oh. Uh, I congratulations to him. Proud of him. Really, really happy he won. But we 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 haven't talked much in a minute. Uh, with Phil, like everyone knows his wrestling, like that's kind of his go-to, but lately he's kind of been falling in love with his hands. Do you think though, after getting knocked out, like he's going to go back to that wrestling on you? You know, I don't think so. It's possible, but I've got good takedown defense. I've got, I think the fourth highest in the UFC history. Um, So I I think it would be a fun fight if he decided to wrestle. Uh, Shoot, maybe I'll wrestle him. (laughs) Probably not. Uh, but um, his his hands have looked really good. Uh, I mean, if you look at his last, say, three or four fights, his hands and kicks, his kicks particularly, have looked sharp. He hits like a truck. Um, he just wrestles a little bit to, to secure the rounds, I think. Um, but I, I could see him. I could see him striking with me until he got hit, and then then going for the shot. And the knock on Phil, though, even throughout his UFC career, has been that he kind of slows down and he kind of gets tired. Is that something you've noticed too, looking into him? Not well. So you can't say his last fight because his last fight was only a one rounder. Yeah. But if you go back two fights, it was what not Nasudin, not Nasudin. Yeah, Nasudin and the Darkest fight. He kind of the both of them won the third round against him. No, no, Nasudin. No, not Darkest. Nasudin did, and he almost Nasudin like, him in the. Uh, Nasudin got taken down by in the third, didn't he? Yeah, uh, and just ground out for the last. I, I kind of thought uh, Phil lost that fight, but it was close enough. Um, but third round, he he just came out and decided to wrestle. I I didn't think he looked tired two fights ago. Um, so I I think I mean he is a big strong dude. Uh, he's not particularly tall for the division. Uh, so what what he lacks in height, he can gain in bicep, and he has the dude is shredded. Uh, so that will take its toll, but I think he's found a happy mix. I think his, since getting tired in his uh, debut or his first more than one round fight yeah. in the UFC, he's really picked up the pace. And uh, I, I, I don't think he's going to get that. I think he can go three rounds. Even before Curtis too, like Nazarene hurt him. Like we've seen him get hurt as well. Like both his losses. Uh, were knockouts is that something that just kind of gives you confidence because you obviously everyone kind of knows how hard you hit yeah you know i yeah but i have to land it everyone everyone i fought in the last seven fights know how hard i hit yeah. and i've lost every god bless in one of them whether i whether i actually did or didn't uh see it's me going back to the screw the judges i hate them all uh, <laughs> no no it was my fault not their fault my fault uh uh, so yeah, I've I've got to go go in there and put it together. I got to get my hands working with my feet. I got to get my wrestling working with my with my everything. Um, and and I, I'm really I've had a good camp. I've uh, changed things up a little bit. You know, I've moved to Tennessee. So the first half of my camp I did in Nashville Nashville MMA, which was a really I mean it's a good gym. Uh, Co- coach Dorian's the head coach of their MMA program. Uh, he's lived everywhere in the world with uh, Thai boxing and Dutch kickboxing, and he's done Cuban kickboxing. He's he's a stand up master. Uh, so I got to do my first first half first two halves of my camp there and now i'm finishing up this last half the last three weeks here in uh california with with my home team of team quest yeah what, what is it like going back out there because 
that's kind of been your home for so long as Team Quest. Oh, they welcome me back with arms open. Uh, I mean, that they're they're my best friends. Um, they, they 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 really are. It broke my heart leaving them, but I couldn't couldn't get out of California fast enough. <laughs> How do you kind of see this fight playing out? Because more times than not, when you win, it is finding that knockout shot. Yeah. You know what? I, I can't let him dictate the pace. He's got good stand-up. He's got the wrestling, too. So I, I know if he, if it's close standing, he can get that takedown, maybe, and that would secure the round. I can't let it be close. I have to keep my output even higher. Even though I have outstruck every one of my opponents in my last five fights, uh, I, I have to do it more dominantly. The judges only count every other punch of mine, I'm, I'm thinking. Uh, so I got to go out there and throw three times as many as I usually do. Um, and I, I'm, I'm hoping if I, if I can start landing, start finding my groove, not letting him dictate. That was something he did to Curtis. He really dictated, dictated the pace with Curtis. He kept him at bay with the kicks, and he'd come, come in with the big combo. Uh, and and Curtis, Curtis found a way around it, but it really wasn't um, – because of, I can't say it wasn't because of Curtis. Curtis landed those body shots, set it up really well. But it, it was that the fight was dictated by Phil until Curtis found his opening. Are you putting any pressure to get the finish? Just because you never know what the judge is. Christ, yes, yeah. so I, 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 I do know what the judge is. I know if it goes to decision, I lose. That is what I know. Uh, so it is. There's, I, there's one way for me to win. I have two ways. I can submit him. I can knock him out. That is it. If it goes to judges, I lose. Um, and that's just a guarantee. It's they, 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 my last fight, they took two points and still found a way to give it to the other guy. Uh, so I, it, it's going to be an exciting fight. I can't wait to step in that octagon with him. I'm not fighting for a decision because I will lose the decision. Uh, I am fighting for a, a submission. I'm fighting for a knockout. I'm fighting for a stoppage. Uh, the kind of joke we've made the past couple times is it's do or die for your career. Is it the same kind of thing going into this one as well? Yeah, I, I got to quit saying that because I, I've not done or died. Uh, so, well, I'm going to I'm gonna go out there and I'm going to bust my ass. I'm going to put on a show. I mean, wh- whether I have won my fights or lost my fights, I'm yeah. a fight of the night kind of performer. Uh, all of my fights have been, they really have been exciting fights, um, which, which I like because I rewatch my fights and they're exciting fights. They're good fights. It's kind of Phil puts on good fights too. Yeah. I've enjoyed watching all of his fights. Um, so, so it's it's. I don't want to say it's added pressure, but it, it's just the knowledge of I can't hold on forever. So I'm going to win. I'm not going to have to hold on. I'm just going to go out there and get the finish. Did you ever think of going back up to 205 after the loss against Wellington? Uh, eh, I'll go if the UFC wants me to. Uh, I, I'm big at 85. I was small yeah. at 205. At 85, I, I might be one of the bigger guys in the division. Um, I mean, I, shoot, I still got about 30 pounds to lose in the next two and a half weeks. Uh, so I, I, I'm my cardio, my cardio holds up at 205 or 85. Uh, my strength holds up. It's just I, I, I hit particularly hard at 85 and only moderately hard at 205. Yeah, that's kind of what my next question was, is the size. Like, how big do you think that's going to be, the size and strength? Especially if Phil tries to wrestle you, where you can be probably the stronger guy than what he is. Yeah, I would think so. But if you see that dude, yeah, I mean, he has dude's got shoulders. Arms. To, good God. Uh, dude, punch a mountain and might, might make a cave. Uh, he, he's. I, I never go in there knowing I'm going to be stronger. 
but uh, I go in there knowing how strong I am. And I know my strength has been more than enough for almost everybody I've ever fought. Um, at least at 85. 205, a couple of those guys felt felt pretty strong. Um, but um, and Nate Marquardt. Nate Marquardt felt strong. That that guy was different levels of strength. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go in there. And I, I know where I'm at. I know where I will be fight night. And I know what I can do. I'm going to go out there and, and do it. Uh, Sean Strickland's headlining the card too. You're on. What's that like for you? That's I know so you guys cool. spend time together. Uh, that's so cool. I I remember Sean and when I used to beat him up all the time. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're getting ready together. I'm going to be sparring with him this weekend, and uh, we're, we've we just always we've been more than training partners. We really are friends. Even I don't know if he would say that. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like showing affection towards anyone, but uh, he. He doesn't hate on me as much as he hates on everybody else. So I'll take that as a, I'll take that as a sign of friendship. Uh, just a few more things. Like what is kind of the goal for you this year then? Uh, well, if I could become the UFC champion by December, that's great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I, I've got a list of guys I want to beat up. Um, and I'm going to start with Phil Hawes on the fifth and then I'm going to start rattling off my list. Um, and we're, we're going to see what happens. Who knows? Maybe Jake Paul's in my future. Yeah, and you but, can make a couple million. I'm too big and, you know, not retired for him to want to fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it would be a nice little, like, what, probably five, ten million dollars for you to take yeah, it? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, With this fight, too, against Phil, like, I know, like, how much kind of pressure is on you, or do you think the kind of pressure is off you just because you thought, like, a couple fights ago this was it, and now you kind of play with, like, house money to speak of? I, you, no, I, the pressure's on me. Uh, if he loses, he still has a job. If I lose, I, they can't keep me. I, they can't, and nor should they. I mean, I, I shouldn't say that part. No, they should keep me forever. Um, but uh, I, I know – I know what's on the line and the way I fight in the future depends on February 5th. And I'm going to go out there and do everything I can to secure my job, secure my position in history and uh, uh, shut Twitter up. God, I hate Twitter. <laughs> Why are a lot of people just going at you? Oh, just not just me. Twitter's just a shit storm for everyone. Pardon yeah. my language. Is I, if you've ever been on Twitter and seen something nice said, it doesn't happen. It is. Just everybody's terrible and everybody's this, everybody's that. <laughs> uh, just last thing, though. Are you a bit disappointed it's just at the apex? I thought they might want to get you in front of fans on a pay-per-view. Yeah, I, 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 I only have a job because fans are as wonderful as they are. And now I don't get to perform in front of them. Uh, and I haven't for the last, what, two or three years? I love the fans of this sport. I have some of the greatest fans in the world. And I, I really wish I, I could get out there and perform in front of them. Um but it is what it is. I'm, I'm going to just, I'm going to get the win in front of nobody until they put me in front of somebody. Well, actually just quickly building off that, like, do you think that's part of the reason why you still are getting these fights is because of a fan favorite you are and the kind of the fights you put on? Yeah. If you, if you look at any of my fights, I mean, I've got 22 fights in the UFC. Uh, I've got some really fun fights. Uh, I mean, I really do. And it's, I, like, like we were saying earlier, I do hit hard. And that's when people ask, well, what style are you? I said, I hit hard. That's, that's my style. Uh, and people love that uh, because the knockout is always one punch, punch away. I had the latest knockout in MMA history until Yair Rodriguez did the spinning elbow to, uh, was it the Korean zombie? Yeah. 
Uh, so it was fifth round. I had four seconds left in the fight, and I got to finish back in my MFC days. They know from second one to the last second of the fight, I could finish somebody. And that really does, that adds that adds some excitement to a fight. Well, Sam, I appreciate the time as always. Thank you so much for doing this. Hey, you're very welcome. Thank you for wanting me yeah. on, my friend. All right, we're joined by UFC featherweight Steven Peterson, who's back in action on February 5th. Steven, how's it going, man? Man, it's going well. Uh, honestly, never better. Uh, surprise it took this long to get you a fight after beating Chase Hooper, who was hyped up. I thought they'd make get you a quick turnaround. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I was uh, open for another fight, but I wasn't really, uh, you know, pushing for it. Uh, I wasn't, uh, you know, calling anybody out. And I think uh, that makes a big difference when you're calling guys out. Uh, I'm just not the type to, to call people out. You know, we're, we're all in this game and, uh, you know, one person is taking food off the other person's plate. So I don't have anything personal against most of these guys in the sport. Um, so yeah, I just, you know, try to stay in my lane and, and work my way to the top. Uh, the, uh, you're fighting Julian Arosa, but he is someone that was calling you out. So did you think this was going to be the fight? Yeah, I figured, uh, you know, the guy was, uh, well, it, it was up to him. If he had got that, that win, he was, um, I believe he was on two losses or something like that. And then he won a fight and he was calling me out. And I was like, you know, uh, he was in my, my message request. Like, and then he started, like, I didn't even know that he was calling me out. And then he started commenting on my post that I was ducking him. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And uh, so then I looked and I was like, okay, this guy's been talking shit for some time. He, he, he obviously wants something that I have and, uh, or, and, or he thinks that he can beat me easily and uh, that's just not the case. I'm, I'm not the guy you want to be going and calling out. But anyways, yeah, he, he had uh, – so he won his fight after calling me out. You know, I just paid him no, no mind. He won his fight, and then he ended up uh, in the post-fight interview, um, called me out live. So then the UFC made that fight, and, uh, you know, here we are. I'm, I'm not one to say no to a scrap. Uh, what have you made of his run? Because he was – when uh... – He's been in the UFC like this is the third team. He's on the Ultimate Fighter. Went one and one, got cut, came back, went like zero and three or zero and two. yeah, zero and three, got cut, and now he's back and he's been on a bit of a roll. Like he's three and one. His one loss to Sung Woo Choi. Like he's looked a lot better this time around. Like what have you kind of made of his last little run? Yeah, his last run, he's definitely improved. Uh, but those the, those losses that he had were bad. Like some of those losses were bad and. Uh, you know, I plan on going out there giving a bad loss. Like I, I'm, I'm looking at his losses. Like that's that's how you're gonna lose, man. Like, uh, you you picked out you you shouldn't you shouldn't have called me out. You should have kept your mouth shut. You should have laid low and kept winning fights. You know, uh, that's that I think that's how you uh you know progress is in in this this sport is uh you know just just go out there win fights and then uh you know you'll you'll get on a roll especially in the featherweight division it's it's hard to even get any traction you need to get a win streak going uh before anybody even talks about you in the featherweight division so there's so many of us uh i i believe uh some of the guys are like on an eight fight win streak in the division um alex caceres is on a five fight win streak like uh that's that's what you you need in the featherweight division before you start uh, really making a splash and, and getting your name out there. Are you surprised this fight is happening on the fifth when they're in Houston a week later? Man, I, I was joking with the boss. I was uh, 
like with Sean Shelby when when Jeff fought, and I was joking, I was like, "Man, you need to you need to move my fight." And then he's he didn't like that idea. He's like, "Dude, I can't change anything around." I was like, "I was like, all right, I, I get it, but uh, yeah, I definitely um, I wish I could fight with a crowd. That's uh, that's something on my mind, but uh, I'll be able to really focus when I'm in there and not have to uh, worry about impressing nobody. You know, I know the boss is gonna be there. And all that, uh, you know, I can impress him too, but I don't have to, uh, you know, do anything. Uh, there, there's positions where I can uh, kind of uh, control rather than, uh, you know, if the fi finish isn't there, I can, uh, you know, play the game a little bit. Uh, when the crowd's there, uh, the ref will stand guys up. The ref will break you off the cage much quicker. Uh, so uh, it, not that that's you know something I plan on doing, but I think it, it it'll change into the the mental game because I kind of feed off the crowd and maybe sometimes that makes me do some stupid things. Um, so so maybe I'll be able to you know just go out there and have a clean victory. I mean that's that's obviously the goal. I've done it you know plenty of times before. I just need to to do that on the the UFC level mm -hmm. with against uh, you know Julian Arosa who's twenty six and nine. If I can go out there and and knock them out in the first round, then, okay, now we're talking top 20, you know, start start making a splash out there. This is the first time you're fighting at the Apex because you kind of missed all of 2020 with the injuries, but I know you've done cornering there. So, like, do you think it's not going to be any different for you fighting in front of that limited crowd? Yeah, I mean, uh, and I fought on the Contender Series yeah. uh, on the first season, actually, before it was in the uh, the Apex and that was an experience in its own, but it was similar because we didn't have the crowd. So, uh, yeah, it's just more of an eerie, eerie vibe. When you walk out and there's a crowd, it's like, ah, you feel it and all that. And then, yeah, you walk out and it's like, all right, well, uh, you know, I know people are watching on TV, but there's nobody here. And it's just, it's, it's an eerie feeling. Uh, you got to go out there and beat the crap out of this guy and nobody's cheering. Uh, how do you think you match up against Julian? Because it seems like one that, on paper, it should be a fun fight just because you guys are both strikers and both very kind of underrated grappling as well. Yeah, man. I think uh, we match up really well. Um, we both have a lot of experience, like uh, almost 35, almost 30 fights. He has over 30 fights. Uh, and we both put on a show. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to take anything from him. He, the guy the guy goes out there and scraps. So uh, I do as well every time. So I think it has a recipe for for a barn burner and you look at a rosa like when he loses it's normally by knockout like is this a fight you think you can kind of get another uh highlight reel finish for you yeah i, I don't want to like give away the, the plan but yeah the plan is to go out there and knock him out it's a fight right so and uh his losses uh have been bad and uh you know go out there and try and knock me out man go out there and try and knock me out i'm gonna come at you and try and knock you out so it's gonna be a good fight I know, obviously, last fight, you missed weight. That's the first time you've done in the UFC. Like, I assume everything is on point for this one. Yeah, man. Uh, that that lightning's not going to strike twice. Uh, it was, yeah, you know, uh, what would I call it? Uh, I mistimed it. I, I, you know, Joe Rogan was joking when he, he was saying that I'm a cynical character and I might have missed weight on purpose. But that, that was not the case. It was... Uh, Totally. I, even that time, I was I was really lean going into that weight cut, and uh, 
you know, I just mistimed it really. So uh, this time I'm going to make sure to cut it uh, the night before and have no issues the morning of the weigh-ins. Which like even a lot of like the big fights have a lot of my friends come over and like I don't even think like I try to explain to them how all the weight cuts go and like I don't think a lot of people understand is like you guys have to drink at like a certain time or be in like a sauna at this certain weight at this certain time like it's to a like a T and if like one thing goes wrong it messes up your entire weight cut. Yeah, especially when you uh, you know cutting say you know five pounds the morning of the weigh-ins, uh, which is normally routine, but. Uh, you know, if something goes wrong, then now you're, you're, you're panicking. And then once you start stressing, then now you're not sweating because you're stressing. And then you have to literally take a break. You have to have time to bring your heart rate down, bring your stress levels down uh, before your body will even start sweating again. Uh, you got to keep into account. You're already dehydrated at that point. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of science that goes into it. And uh yeah, you can't afford for anything to go wrong uh, if, you, if you're timing it with the clock like that. And, uh, you know, I feel like that is the healthiest way to do it because you're not dehydrated for so long. But, uh, you know, going forward, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that, that, you know, nothing can go wrong. You get your hand raised here. Like, where do you think that kind of puts you? Because on paper, it's three in a row. But I think a lot of people thought you beat Caceres. That'd be four in a row. And especially Caceres being ranked, like, and the role he's on, like, it only makes you look better. Yeah, it just makes sense to run that one back, you know, it, that and when would be a better time than when he's on a five fight win streak or say he goes out and wins another one, six fight, and then I'll be on a three fight. Uh, you know, it, my last loss was to him in his last uh, or in his first win of his win streak was against me. So um, it makes sense to run that back and then uh, that'll put us both in the top, you know, 15. I, I think that's uh you know, a, a good back pocket fight after I get this win. Uh, I'll definitely be looking for that. Uh, barring any injuries, are you hoping to get like two or three fights in at least this year? Oh, no doubt, man. No doubt. I, I like to stay active. Uh, you know, last few years have been up and down, a little bit rocky. But, uh, you know, I want to put together a win streak and I want to stay active. I want to go, you know, 3-0 and in 2022. Uh, is part of the goal, though, is to bug Sean Shelby? No more Apex, just be one and done at the Apex and on the crowds from now on. Yeah, I'm hoping that all this comes to an end, man. I'm hoping all this yeah. just goes away and we, we get our live crowds. We're starting to get some live crowds in some of the red states. And that's what I'm hoping for more of. I'm hoping the UFC, uh, you know, has more live events. And uh, and we stop with the, the low-key stuff. Uh, you know, that's great for, like, contender and for, for guys to – to work the way up or maybe like a, you know, black tie event or something, uh, something real fancy at the apex, uh, not just these regular knocking them out fight nights. Um, it, it's just not as much of a draw. Um, I enjoy watching the fights every weekend. Don't get me wrong, but for, for myself as, as far as fighting, uh, I like to draw a crowd. Uh, I bring a crowd with me and, uh, wherever I fight, you know, I'm going to have a couple hundred people there cheering for me, uh, as long as it's, you know, uh, here, Vegas, you know, somewhere in the States. Well, the one good news is, is they're finally doing that fight night out in Columbus. So that's probably a good sign that they're, it's not just pay views that they're bringing a fight night on the roads. Hopefully that's right. the first of back to normal and many. Yeah. Back to road. normal. Right. Let's get, let's get back to normal and, and get rid of all this bullshit. Uh, who are kind of the main guys you're working with for this one? I assume it's always like usually the same. Like I know you work with Fernie a lot, miles, like all those kind of guys. 
yeah, man, Damon Jackson, uh, Stephen Wynn, uh, Fernie Garcia, Miles Johns, Elijah Johns. Uh, we got tons of amateur guys. Like, I, I'm, I don't want to leave anybody out, so, you know, just stick with the, the regular ones. But we, we got tons of guys coming up out of Fortis uh, just ready to get their their shine. So uh, those guys, we got a few of them fighting on the LFA card. Um, Elijah Johns, Miles' little brother, he's the co-main event on that card. So uh, check out LFA on UFC Fight Pass this weekend. Uh, with uh, Steven and uh, Fernie, like obviously you're a big part of their camps. Like I'm pretty sure you cornered both of them for their contender series. Like, what was that like seeing them both get those contracts? Um, Steven Wynn has not got a contract yet, but he's or no, yeah, he got passed up. I don't understand uh, why. Yeah, I I think he fought that fight safe, but they wanted him to go out there and you know put the put the work on, and uh, you know that's what the contender series is about. So, uh, you know, I think, you know, he's definitely the caliber and uh, it's only a matter of time before he gets there. But Fernie Garcia was like, that was incredible because that kid, he came to Fortis and uh, yeah, we have a lot of history, man, like as, as far as training partners and, and uh, how he's grown and uh, I've cornered him for every fight that he's won. So uh we have we have a good streak going, and to to watch him go out there and get that knockout was just incredible. All right, are you gonna be at the uh, Houston fights, or is that a bit too far for you? I'll going? be there. I'll be there, man. Uh, no doubt about it. I it's in my home state, and uh, I gotta go try one of those Bloody Marys that Mick was talking about. He was telling about these Bloody Marys somewhere in Houston. So I gotta I gotta go go out there and you know show face and and say what's up. It'll be perfect too. Week after the fight, you don't got to worry exactly. about any yeah, yeah, I won't have to feel out. guilty. Yeah, I won't have to feel guilty about having my nice Bloody Mary with all the. It has. I mean, there was like shrimp and bacon and bread and oh, who knows just what eat was everything, that drink like, everything. What the heck is in that Bloody Mary? So uh, yeah, looking forward to having my Bloody Mary with Mick in Houston. Well, Steve and I appreciate the time again. Thank you so much for doing this. Hey, it was my pleasure. Appreciate it, Cole. All right, we're joined by UFC featherweight Julian Arosa, who's got another fight booked here. Julian, how's it going, man? Oh, it's going fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I remember even before and after uh, Charles Jordan, you mentioned Steven Peterson's a guy you want. So, like, how happy are you that this is the fight that's kind of came together? Well, yeah, I, uh, you know, right after the Jordan fight, uh, well, before the Jordan fight, I was just looking for a fight. After I got knocked out by Choi, I was just trying to, uh, Set up a fight, like trying to find somebody that would be a good dance partner. And um, uh, Peterson had called out Landwehr, uh, but Landwehr was booked up. And I, you know, I figured it'd be a good opportunity to reach out to him, uh, Peterson, that is, and uh, see if he'd be willing to take the fight. And I did it in a respectful way, and he just ignored me. And then uh, uh, I, you know, I tried baiting him a few times on a couple of things by, uh, you know, posting on some of his stories, but he didn't follow me, so I don't know if he was is even seeing any of that. And then uh. I got the Jordan fight short notice and uh, and took that obviously and then you know I said Peterson's name a couple more times and uh, I was just a little you know irritated that he had just completely ignored me. I mean, uh, if he didn't want to fight for whatever reason, it's all good. I'm not like a I'm not a guy that's gonna talk shit about that. You know, sometimes managers or coaches don't think they're it's a good fight, so they don't give him the fight. And so, um, you know, I wasn't gonna say anything about it if he just told me no. I wasn't gonna you know make a big deal about it, but the fact that he just ignored me was kind of annoying and uh. So, you know, I kind of was calling him out a little bit more. And uh, then my manager called me and asked me to do a uh, uh, 
asked me to try to take a short notice fight against another kid that's fighting on the February card. God, I can't remember the kid's name. Um, but after the Jordan fight, my shin was kind of messed up because the you know just you know wear and tear, and uh and I couldn't take a, that short notice fight. So uh, a couple of days after I said no to that one, um he called me and said that uh Steven Peterson signed for February fifth, which was this was like you know four months four months prior to the fight. So it was a it's been a long you know, a long time coming and I still have, you know, four and a half weeks. So I'm just ready to get, uh, get to February 5th and get the fight on. Was it Trezano? Cause he was fighting like a month after you. Yep. Yep. Trezano. It was Trezano. Uh, he was supposed to fight, uh, Chaz Kelly. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. And, uh, it got pulled and they asked me to fight Trezano. And, um, you know, I was, uh, actually open to the idea, uh, but I totally forgot cause we were training. Um, we were just kind of drilling in the morning. And I really wasn't thinking about my shin. And then I started riding my bike home and uh, I told my coach I would think about it and told my manager I would think about it for like, you know, a couple hours. And uh, when I'm riding my bike, I was like, man, I can't even, I hadn't even thrown a kick. Like I hadn't even been, you know, even grappling, touching my shin was uh, uh, pretty painful. So I had to let that heal up. And I just told him, you know, it's uh, uh, just not the right, you know, not the right time for me. Uh, although I did like the fight, you know, I, you know, I'm game to fight really anybody, but uh, I thought it would have been a fun fight. Uh, but yeah, I did pull out of that but luckily a few days later i got the sean uh, or the steven peterson fight oh with peterson like how do you think you match up against him um i think i think i match up really well against peterson uh and that's because i think peterson um uh, believes his strengths are um uh his like his durability um his 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 pace and his cardio but uh i would say that that's my strength as well um and also, you know, on top of that, I think I'm, you know, a bit better in a lot of aspects of fighting, which doesn't really make a difference when it comes down to it. When you're scrapping somebody in a, in a cage, technique starts to slip away a little bit. And so you got to have that durability. You got to have that toughness. And I think I bring that uh, bring that to the table as well as he does. Um, but I think that's what he's relying mostly on. Um, but uh, if you've watched most of my fights, you know, especially the guys that I've, you know, like the Sean Woodson fight and the Jordan fight. These are fights that, uh, you know, I kind of wear the guy out and I end up catching a submission. And honestly, both those, you know, the, the Jordan fight, the Darce wasn't 100% the way I like it. But I knew he was worn down and I knew that if I just got his neck wrapped up, uh, eventually he would give me the tap. And so uh, I feel like with Steven Peterson, it's going to be similar. You know, we're going to kind of, you know, try to burn it out quick and uh, we'll just see who's uh, who's got the better cardio. And I, you know, that's something I pride myself on. Do you pay attention to like betting lines and stuff like that for your fights? Uh, sometimes I do. Um, uh, especially if like, you know, I got my friends, you know, they would love to bet on me. Um, uh, but I don't know, you know, not, I, I'm not, I don't look super close at them, uh, unless I got some family or friends that are wanting to bet on it. Cause I was just looking like ever since you returned to the UFC, every single fight, you've been the underdog except for this one. They finally got you as the favorite over Peterson. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, I think with Peterson, uh, you know, I don't want to like you know trash anybody um, because you know I've had a rocky road in the UFC. You know, I went zero and three at one point, but the caliber of opponents that I had uh, with those three fights that I lost in a row were all really good dudes, and most of them are doing pretty good. Like you know Julio Arce, uh, you know Grant Dawson and Devontae Smith. Those guys, the times that I lost to those guys, they were doing really well in the UFC, and. Uh, I mean, even Grant Dawson's still killing it. Uh, Devontae Smith is having, a, you know, a little bit of a hiccup. Uh, but, I mean, even at the time I fought him, he was eight wins with eight first-round knockouts, and I got knocked out first round. So it's like 
just one of those things. But um, with Peterson, you know, I think he's three and three in the UFC or something. I mean, he's he's like kind of a 50-50 guy, and I'm not even that. I'm four and five, so I'm even less than that. But uh, I think it's all about caliber of opponents as well. Um, and so uh, I think uh, they got it right. I think I should be the favorite. I think I am favored in every aspect of MMA uh, against a guy like Steven Peterson, although he is a tough guy, and he's uh, he's a guy that's willing to – trade and people get afraid of that uh but me i'm i'm willing to get in the pocket and in exchange i'm i'm not one to uh to worry about a decision or leaving it to the 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 refs or the judges just like i think he's the same way um you know win lose or draw you know i'm going in there and i'm and and i'm i'm trying to whoop his ass and uh, i'm willing to take an ass beating (laughs) to try to do that myself are you a bit disappointed it's just back at the apex because especially with steven being a guy from texas the week after is in texas like i thought maybe especially your fight like this fight should be one front of fans like i thought maybe they would have put it on that card yeah uh i had no idea about the texas card until uh after i already you know signed the contract um uh casey o'neill trains with us and she's fighting on the houston card yeah. the week after us and she was like she was she said that she was fighting on that card and i was like hold on that's a week after us and she's like yeah and i'm like well, he's from there. I'm like, why don't they? Why don't they just have a fight over there? But uh, I'm actually happy it's at the Apex because I I prefer that. You know, it's uh, it's been nice. The last four fights that I've had have all been at the Apex, and you know, you get in there and it's kind of like uh, you know, uh, they just bring you in, you fight, you do your interviews, and you're out. And you're you know, I'm at home watching the rest of the fight card on my couch. Um, when previously it was like you had to be there for, you know, 12 hours sometimes, you know, um, it just stayed there for the whole entire card. And I don't know if that's how they're doing it with the audience now, if it's still the same way as it used to be. But, uh, the apex is nice because I've been, even the Jordan fight, it was like, shoot, I think maybe like a whole, the whole, uh, the whole thing was like three hours for me to go in there, fight, get out and be at home. So, uh, I really enjoyed that. Um, because I don't like, you know, after a fight, win, lose or draw, you kind of want to just be home. You don't want to be sitting around hanging out. You know, obviously if you win, you don't care. You're having a great time, but especially when you lose, you don't want to be just hanging around in the back and you see your opponent and you just like, you know, you're disappointed. You want to be, you know, kind of, you know, you want to go home. You want to see your loved ones and you want to just, you know, decompress afterwards. When you get those big wins, you're watching on the couch. Are part of you rooting for the card to suck just to give you a better shot at the bonus? (laughs) Well, yeah, you know, uh, you know, the last, couple wins that I had uh, against, um, you know, Nate Landwehr and, and Jordan, I figured, you know, might have been a, uh, a shoo-in for a, a, a bonus. But um, I think they were a little bit biased on the last card with uh, the European guys. Yeah. And the Heidi like, got, a, got a bonus, and then I, I missed out on the bonus. When I thought for sure that Jordan fight was going to be a bonus. I mean, we had an exciting two-and-a-half rounds, and then a Darce choke him. And uh, Darce is, a, you know, relatively rare in the UFC. And, uh, and then the Nate Landwehr fight, you know, I, you know, a guy that doesn't really get finished. You know, I go out there and I, I do a jumping knee and they give a, you know, they give a bonus to a guy who got a standing TKO when, you know, I did a flying knee. I mean, uh, you don't really see many flying knees as well. So uh, I was hoping to get bonuses on those ones, but it is what it is. And I'm just, I was happy at those times just to get the win and, and keep my job at the UFC. With Steven, like he's a very durable guy. Like we talked about, like he's only ever been finished once, but like you're a guy that somehow a lot of your fights, like you just kind of find those finishes. Like, is this a fight you think, though, probably is going to go with Disney just because he is a pretty durable guy? You know, it could be. Uh, it could be one of those things where it happens like that. But, um, uh, you know, I'm always pushing for a finish. You know, I'm not thinking about uh, winning the first round, winning the second round, winning the third round. Um, just like the last the last fight with Jordan, uh, someone was asking me about it. Um, they were like, oh, yeah, it could have been one and one going into the third. Like, how would you feel about 
you know, like who would won which round and, and, and if you were going to try to win that third round. And, and I was like, man, I wasn't even thinking about, you know, the decision. I wasn't thinking about trying to wrap up the third round. Uh, I was thinking about finishing the whole time. Every, you know, from when the first bell rings all the way up until the fight's over, I'm thinking finish, you know. Uh, I think just you just see so many bad decisions in, uh, in MMA sometimes. And it's just like I don't want to risk half my paycheck and my job on three other people. And obviously, you know, once you get to a certain level, there's people that are just too tough to finish. Um, but, uh, I think Peterson's a guy that can be finished. And, uh, and, and I think if I don't finish him, I'm, I'll be able to, uh, to dominate enough to, uh, win a decision if it does go there, but I'm never thinking that. Uh, that Jordan fight. I remember our interview. Cause you were saying like, Oh, I could just wrestle this guy for 15 minutes. And I po- posted that and so many like the betters at bet on ma got so mad at you they were like oh i bet like this to go under a round like he can't be wrestling this guy but it, mm-hmm. but you're wrestling like do you think it is underrated because even like i don't think jordan kind of expected you to be able to do that on the ground as well yeah you know i mean i got, I got i'm 26 and 9 so i got 35 professional fights and if you look up most of my uh you know if you look up you know all my uh all my fights i hardly ever shoot takedowns and i'm not really like really pushing for it. Usually, um, I'm you know I want to stand in exchange, and if if those wrestling and grappling exchanges happen, I'm okay with it. Uh, I just don't do it very often, you know. I think people think of me as more of a striker, but uh, I I have really good jujitsu and uh, decent wrestling. Um, especially with a guy like Jordan was was perfect because he was a, a decent striker, but I was bigger, stronger, and I felt like my grappling was a bit better than his. You know, I'm you know I'm seasoned as well. You know, he's. 25 or 26 i was you know 32 so it's like uh i just figured just the amount of experience that i had i would be able to uh take him down at any point any given point and and secure a sub like i did um uh but i think it's just one of those things you know i just 95 percent of my footage is on the feet so people don't expect it uh, you get your hand over you get your hand raised over steven like what do you think that does for you in the division because i'd be what four and one since come back to the ufc like and then two fight wing streak, like you'd be on a, co- a quite a bit of a roll. Yeah, you know, I, um, uh, you know, obviously I got, you know, I focus 100% on Steven Peterson February 5th, and uh, that's my number one goal. Um, but I think Peterson is a guy that maybe I should have gotten earlier on. I think he just, um, you know, skill wise and, you know, his abilities and kind of where he stacks up with everybody, I think. You know, I had to fight some of the best guys, like some of the like, you know, Julio Arce has a win over Dan Ige. You know, that guy, I'd take him on short notice. Uh, Grant Dawson, I fought and that guy moved to 55 and is still winning. I think he's undefeated or uh, in the UFC. And then, uh, you know, Devontae Smith, I took on short notice. You know, uh, I think uh, Steven Peterson would have been uh, a, a better situation for me earlier on. Um, so I think a win over him is just more of like clarifying that I deserve to be in the UFC. Uh, versus, you know, moving me up. And I think uh, I think some of the guys I've already beaten are better than Steven Peterson or, or just higher ranked or, uh, you know, uh, like Jordan, I think he's just uh, had more hype around him. Uh, like you said, you know, I was an underdog my la- all my last fights except for this one. So I think it just uh, – I think it's just going to solidify my spot in the UFC versus moving me up. Do you, I know you're a guy that you kind of like being active. So does that – but now that you're kind of stringing together wins, like – have your management kind of said, like, let's slow this down, try to get some of these bigger fights, or are you just fully in on, like, just get me in as quick as possible? Yeah, no, like, honestly, I was a bit upset about this fight because I knew about it four months prior to the fight. So, uh, like, so right now I've known about it for almost three months. Um, 
But like, like I said, I was going to try to fight that Mike Trezano. Uh, I was willing to take that fight. And then I totally, I it just totally spaced my mind because I'd been training. I just been kind of uh, easy on my shin. And then uh, I realized I was like, man, there's no way I, can, I take this fight. I hadn't sparred. I hadn't done anything, you know, too aggressive in the training room because uh, I was letting my shin heal up. Um, and so I was, but I was willing to take that. I don't, I think that was like, I don't know, like a week and a half after I fought Jordan, I think they, uh, he had offered it to me or whatever, or maybe a couple of weeks after whatever it was, but, uh, I was willing to fight. I wanted to fight. And then I, I heard, uh, I got shot, uh, Steven Peterson and I was super happy with the opponent. I just was hoping it would be a little bit earlier, but I think the UFC has been just booking out so far that, uh, it's hard to get a fight, um, uh, quick notice unless it's, you know, short. So unless you want it you know, want to do a short notice fight, I don't think you're going to get anything under, you know, a month or two. Uh, just last thing, like what is kind of this perfect year? Like for you, you get to start out fairly early in February. Like what have you kind of laid out what this year, like, per, like professionally is like for you, man, you know, I just, I always just think about the, you know, what I have ahead and that's, you know, Steven Peterson. So I'm just focused 100% on winning this fight. Uh, uh, but you know, obviously just want to fight as much as I possibly can. And, uh, be able to uh, be able to pick opponents. Well, not necessarily pick opponents, but you know, get uh, uh, good opponents for my skill set, and uh, and be able to fight as much as I can this year without getting injured. You know, I'm 32 years old and been lucky enough now to that I haven't had a, a serious injury. So I'm just hoping to stay healthy throughout 2022 and and get as many fights as possible, and obviously as many wins as possible. Well, Julian, I appreciate the time. Thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, no worries, man. Thank you so much. Back in action here pretty soon. Jason, how's it going, man? That's going well, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Obviously, another fight. Like, are you surprised it took this long to get one, or is this kind of the right time frame for you? Yeah, so it was supposed the fight was supposed to be scheduled November 13th of uh 2021. So we were supposed to fight then. I don't know if he broke his hand or or what, what his issue was, but that that's on him. Uh they rescheduled the fight for February 5th, and you know, it worked out honestly better. Uh, I was really hoping for the November 13th fight just because that gives me a chance to kind of enjoy the holidays a little bit more. I don't got to worry about stuff. You know, I can, I can enjoy New Year's. I can enjoy Christmas with my family, something like that, which I did. But <clears throat> February makes makes perfect time. Just gave me a little more time to get prepared for, for a full row. And I think I think the advantage is I think it's at, at his disadvantage, giving me more time to prepare for him. Like, I think – I'm a, I'm a decent striker. I'm not a great boxer. I'm not, I'm not, I'm good at all around, but I think I can catch up with his striking. I don't think he can catch up with my wrestling and grappling by the time those couple months come around. I think it's at my advantage to put the fight longer, honestly. Were you ever like asking UFC to maybe get a different opponent for November or were you just fine with it getting moved to February then? Uh, Phil Rowe was really the guy we were we were wanting. Uh, the night that I fought, we were sitting in the hot tub and talking to him, and we we're like, "That's the fight we want after this. Like, that's just a a great matchup for us." And we, we just saw that as a, as a huge advantage, and that's really just what we wanted. And and you know, that's that's the way it came about. If it, it took a couple more months, that's fine. All you're doing is giving me time to get better. And with Rowe, like obviously everyone kind of knows about his size. Like he's a long, rangy guy. Like he's gonna have like nine or ten inches on you. So like how? are you dealing with that in training camp? Like who are kind of the guys you're working with? Yeah, I got, I got a lot of good guys in my, in my gym. Uh, we just got a guy, uh, ugly Joe. He, uh, he just got signed to the UFC. He was on the, yeah, I talked to him like last week. He's a good guy. Yeah, man. He's, I, I, I've been going with him rounds and rounds and rounds. And, and honestly, it's frustrating to shakes. That dude's good. He really is. But, uh, what's Phil, bro? I think like six, three, uh, and I'm five, 10, something like that, which, 
<clears throat> the, the funny thing is they're all the same height on their back. You know what I mean? Like you can, you can be six, three when you're on the ground, we're the same height. Like I don't give a shit how tall you are, how, how hard you hit, how long your reach is. But when you're on your back and you get your face punched in your range, you should don't mean nothing. I have a good way of like, I don't want to call it teleporting, but like I can cover range really, really quickly. I'm very athletic. I'm very explosive. And that's something I really use, use to my advantage in fights. And it's something I definitely worked into my game in the past recent years uh, is my athleticism. Um, you know, I, I think I cover range and my, my shots a little bit faster than most people think they are. I think it is. Uh, I mean, you look at the Barbarina fight, I covered distance and range really, really well. Uh, Grant, he's not, he's not Phil Rowe. He's not that tall, but with his experience level of, of going against good grapplers and going against top five guys. I mean, I think, I think I surprised him with, with how well my grappling was, how well my shots and timing was. I think that's a huge difference in this game. How much do you look at Phil's last like two fights UFC just because Gabe Green and Orion Kossi had some success with the takedowns? Like Kossi had two in the first round, then he kind of gassed out. And Gabe yeah. Green, I think, went two for two as well in the first round. Yeah, and that's that's you know, uh, I, I we've watched the Gabe Green quite fight quite a bit. Um, and I think I'm a better I think I'm a better fighter than Gabe Green all around. And I think he has some of the similar attributes that I have. But I think that I do everything just better than he does. You know what I mean? The mistakes he made in the fight, I don't make. And I, I think that's kind of what we're, we're kind of hoping on and just walking Phil to the cage, backing him up and then putting him in the cage and taking him down and just kind of beating him up. And it's, it's not going to be that easy. He has he has good – I feel like he's going to have that good uh, – like he's not going to be strong, but he's going to have that stupid long leverage that just annoys the shit out of you. Like you're not strong. But uh, like James Krause, James Krause is a, a perfect example. Of that. Like that dude's not doesn't lift weights. He lifts people. Um, but like when you get a hold of him, you're like, why are you just so weirdly strong? But you're like, but you're not like, you know, what I mean, there's a weightlifting strong. And there's a grappling strong. And James Krause is one of the people that's been put in like a lot of grappling rounds. And I think Phil Rose kind of be one of those people who's just kind of leverage strong. But that doesn't last forever either. You know what I mean? Like, like I think my pressure and my grappling is just going to kind of over overtake his his leverage and his, his uh, length. And yeah, you're obviously fighting at the apex. Like, how big an advantage is that to you? Because that's a lot less room for him to kind of move around. And if your back gets close to the octagon side really quick. Yeah, it's I, I fought there four times now, and and I love it. I, I think it's I think it's a huge advantage to have uh, a lot of coaches. Like, if you watch the Cole Williams fight, his coaches didn't know what to say. They didn't know what to do. Like, you're you're sitting right there. And you know what to say. I got James Krause in my corner, who's the best corner man. Like, if you've never seen him fight or never watched him corner a fight, you're missing out on, on one aspect of the game that, that most people don't get. We get that every day in the gym, you know what I mean? So so to have that at the apex, to have James Krause in your corner, to have Jason High in your corner, Julian Marquez, anybody of those nature, you know what I mean? To have them in the corner kind of giving you guidance of what to do uh, and, and emulate our game plan into that, I think – I think closing that distance will be a lot easier. I think he backs up quite a bit. Um, he has good boxing. He really does. I'll give him that. He has good striking. He has ways to create problems, but I think there's something that we're good at nullifying those problems. How do you kind of see this fight playing out? Because credit to Roe, though, like he is a very durable guy. Like he, I don't think he's ever, or maybe his first, like his pro debut, he got finished. Other than that, that's it. Yeah, I, I, I see it as just kind of. <clears throat> I don't want to say like the last fight that I fought Barbarina because that son of a bitch came back in the third round like a, like he was he was wanting to win that fight. Uh, but I, I just see kind of just just grinding him down and breaking him. I don't think he's gonna have as good grappling as good standing up as uh, as Barbarina did. Um, but just knowing that 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 when I get a hold of you, it's a little bit different in that that I can hold you down and kind of just beat you up. And I think that'll that'll wear over time. 
uh, just a couple more things with this fight too, like or just kind of about your last one. Do you think that kind of got rid of the narrative that like you couldn't take a punch? Because I'm sure you've probably seen that after the Samuelsburger. They're like, oh, you just got to hit him once, and he goes down. Like, there's people that take those Barrena shots and get put out cold. You kind of just kept walking through them. Yeah, those people say that shit can suck a dick. I don't give a shit. Yeah, uh, yeah but but in, in their defense, they're they're 100 right. Um, but they don't understand. Like, I think, I think a lot of this, like, if you look at when I, when I, after I fought Samuelsburg, I went to the Institute and got like tests run and like, yeah. and, like Hey man, you need to do this better. You need to do this better. And if you look at the last fight with Barbarina, I got more sleep. I, I, my weight cut was way better. I cut way less weight. It was way easier. I did it in, in a third of the sessions that I had. And I think when I lost similar fight, that's more of dehydration. My brain, not getting enough water to rehydrate. My body wasn't running correctly. I'm not making the excuses. But that's that's what happened. And then you look at me against Barbarina, who hits way harder than anybody else that I've ever fought before. And I took some I took some big ass shots. Um, but I think that has to do with the weight cut. That has to do with like dehydration. Your brain doesn't have enough liquids to, to come back to, to normal. Um, but yeah, to, to people who say that that I'm you can hit me once and I fall over, you're you're absolutely fucking incorrect because I took some shots in that and I just kept coming. So to, that should that should uh, take away any any inclination of that that fact that being a fact. I think it was after the Cole Williams fight when I talked to you and you said maybe lightweight. Is that like 100% out of the picture now where you're just fully focused on so, welterweight? That was one of the reasons we went to the Institute to kind of get some body scans to run this. And it's just it's, it's just not a possibility for me. It'll be it'll be too hard. It'll take, you know, I mean, it'll take the fun out of fighting. It'll take it'll take just me like it'll take like a 12 week of perfect strict diet. And, and it just I don't think I don't think it's advantageous for me right now. I'm old. Getting way too old for the sport. Uh, I was kidding, but it's just not something that I don't, I don't see. I don't see as as a benefit for me anymore. You know what I mean? I think one seventy is not a hard cut for me. And I'm and, and really, I've always fought taller, bigger guys. Even when I went to fifty five, I fought like I remember fighting uh, um, a guy in Canada. I can't write Ryan Lemminger or not? Was well, not him? Um, I was Mark Lemire. Sorry, I fought a guy and he was. I cut down to 160, and he was still bigger and and taller than I was. I'm like, well, what am I cutting weight for if I'm I'm still fighting guys who are bigger than I am? So I think being at 170 is just it's good for me I to keep my strength. I got to train hard. Um, I don't get thrown around. Like if you look if you look at some of the fights, I'm not getting like 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 tossed around because I'm a, I'm a 70. Like I'm not a big 70, but at the same time, like my athleticism and my my, my strength really kind of plays a factor in in a lot of that stuff. Are you kind of trying to add more size then, or you kind of like how your weight cuts go and how kind of you feel? Yeah, so I've always, I've always, uh, I started lifting weights before I even started fighting, and I just that was that was something I loved doing. So that's something I do for the rest of my life. I love lifting weights. Um, now I'm trying to put on size, just trying to keep my my conditioning. I think, I think a lot of. Uh, what I'm doing right now is just is more grappling based and getting skill based. Like I'm strong as shit. There's there's no doubt about that. My conditioning is good, but it's just. I, I work more on my skill and, and, and getting drills in and working, working harder on what I need to go inside the octagon. You get your hand raised here. Like, where do you think that kind of puts you? Cause that'd be two straight wins. And like Barbarina and Philip Rowe are kind of like, they're notable names. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not sure. You know I mean? I'd like to, I'd like to get a top 15 guy by the end of the year, but, but that's, I think it's a big lead for me. And, and that's kind of what I'm looking for. That's, that's a huge goal. That's one of the goals I have for, for 2022 is is fight a, a ranked guy and i really think i can i can get there you know knock off a couple more wins beat phil road and that puts me in, in really good contention for that top 15 
but that's that's what I got Iridium Management for. That's what I got Joe Wooster for. Those are those are the guys that 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 tell me what to do and what's the best fight for me. They're the ones who wanted this Phil Rowe fight for me. You know what I mean? I'm looking for like I call I think I called out Max Griffin just because I think he has an exciting style and an exciting fight. They're like we don't want this to be like stupid hard. We don't want you to be fighting fucking top five guys for thirteen thousand dollars or some shit like that. You know what I mean? So so I I let them really just kind of dictate what I need to do and and I believe that they'll get me where I need to be. Uh, this is your fifth UFC fight and almost contracts run for fights. Is this already a new deal or was it your last fight part of your new deal? No, I got a new deal. So that was the other crazy thing about the Barbarina fight was if I'd have lost that fight, I've been three and one in the UFC. I'm retiring. Like, I don't want to go back to a regional show. I don't want to go back to starting all over again. I don't want to work my way back. Like, uh, I'm 35 years old. That would have my last. If I lost that fight, that's my last fight. But I won the fight. I got fight of the night and I got a new contract. So, like, all three of those just kind of. Like, I'm a person who, like, everything happens for a reason. I'd be like, that's one of the things that happen for a reason. And how much, like, a pressure reliever is that where you now you know that's, like, this, like, going into that fight, like, I can only imagine how much pressure, just kind of thoughts, like, oh, is this my last fight? Is this it? Like, I'm fighting for my job. And now that you got a new contract, like, all that's kind of out of the way for for the time being. Yeah, it's it's funny. Looking back at it now, it, it never played that factor in my head. It never, like, I knew it was there. Like I knew, I knew this. Hey, this is the possibility, but it never played into my into my fight. My mindset was, I was gonna win that fight no matter what. I didn't care who, and I didn't care if you put, <laughs> like Hamza Shemaid, and I'm winning that fight. I don't care who you put in there. I'm gonna win that fight that night, like regardless of if, especially if my last fight. I'm definitely gonna go in there and work my ass off no matter what. Did you like tell any anyone like to like James know that like if you lost, like that was probably it for you, or is that something you kept to yourself? Um. It does something I kept really to myself. I don't think I mentioned to anybody. It's not something that I need to. I need to put out there in the universe. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to talk to you. Like, hey, this is my. I, like, this is my last. This could be my last fight. Like, I don't want to say that shit. I just, I wanted to go in there and perform the best way I could. And I really think if if you look at that fight, that was probably my best performance I ever had. Minus the third round, we don't got to talk about yeah. that shit. That was that was a crazy round, but that also made me fifty grand. So it's like it's 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 give or take. You know what I mean? Like I had the the first two rounds were the game plan to a T. And that third round was just proving that 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 I could take a punch and earn 50k. With Kraus too, like how big is he? Just because I think I've talked to him before. Like he breaks down fights so well. Like the like how smart he is is just incredible. Like how big is that? Just coming up with a game plan, kind of just breaking down your opponents. Well, James, yeah, man, <clears throat> the dude, the dude's just a student of the game. He's 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 that guy that that he studies. He he studies everything, whether that's real estate, whether that's NFTs, whether that's fighting, whether that's whatever it is. He just that's just how it is. But he's also one of those people that knows his 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 uh his fighters. He knows how they how they are, how they react, how they do this. And I'm one of those guys that if you tell me this is our game plan, I'm sticking straight to that and I overthink it. Like so so with him, he's like, Hey, this is what we're doing. I'm like, he even told me the other day, he's like, he's like, I don't want you to feel like I'm not doing enough for you because I'm not giving you shit to do. Because I know if if you just go out there and do what you do, I'll perform my best. So he knows that about me. That instead of being like, "Hey, man, you got to do this, this, and this," like if if he says, "Hey, you got to get takedown round one," I will focus on the takedown so much, like that's all I have to focus on. Like that's what I I get stuck in. He's like, I don't want that to happen. So he's like, "We'll just go here, go here, and go here." And like he just lets me kind of kind of free flow. And I'm I'm one of the only people that that's like that. But that's that's kind of his understanding of of the game and me as a fighter. Uh, just last question for you. Like, what is kind of this perfect year like for you? Like, you get to start at, fight at the beginning of the year. Like, what's kind of the perfect 2020 for, 2022 for you? 
and I don't I don't look past this fight. I'm yeah. I'm February fifth, and that's that's where I get. I'm one of those people that takes that takes fights one at a time. Like like this fight goes well, like I plan on going, then then I'm gonna go on a vacation with my wife and figure something out, and then we'll figure out what we got to do to uh, keep moving forward. Well, Jason, I appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much for doing this again. Of course, man. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Good talking to you. All right, we're joined by UFC middleweight and tough winner Brian Battle. Brian, how's it going, man? It's going good, man. It's going really well. Uh, you know, just working hard every day, getting better every day. Looking forward to February fifth. Nothing, nothing unusual. Nothing unusual at all. Are Are you glad this fight's already happening? Like it just kind of seemed you and Trey had to fight eventually, and it just seemed like the sooner the better. Just kind of because there was off the show. There's a lot of people saying like, "Oh, he would have been the champion had he not gotten hurt and all that." I mean, you know, it, it's one of those things where people can say that until, like, their face turns blue, but, you know, whatever. Like, the part of the show is staying healthy and making it to the finale. And, you know, he couldn't do that. I'm the tough champ, whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, as far as, like, any other reasons, you know, Trey thinks he's better than me. You know what I'm saying? He's telling people that he's better than me. So, yeah, of course I'd like to go out there and, you know, Show him what's up. Show him who's the, the the better fighter. You know what I'm saying? Show him who's the real prospect of the two. You know what I mean? Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I know this sounds generic as all get out, but this is like another fight. There's nothing special about this. You know what I'm saying? Every fight camp, I'm just working. I'm getting better. And I'm coming in there being the best version of myself. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it just so I can show off some new stuff that I've been working on. Oh, with Trey Sean, like you've obviously seen him on the show, you saw his fights. Like, how do you think you match up against him? Because on paper, like it's a really intriguing matchup. Uh, Trey Sean, you know, you know, get, let's get the obvious out of the way. You know what I'm saying? He's incredibly fast and athletic. You know what I'm saying? Uh, his boxing is really sharp. You know what I mean? Um, and he's someone where, you know, you can't be cute when you're fighting Trey. You know what I'm saying? If you try to be cute when you're fighting Trey, you're going to get hit with something you didn't see coming and you're going to end up on your butt and you're going to look stupid. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, this. if you go back and watch his fights, he wasn't really pressed a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't really ever um, challenged and pressured. Uh, he kind of got to do whatever he wanted the whole fight. And uh, it's going to be fun to see what he's going to do when someone stays in his face and, you know, someone's actually throwing back and someone's not afraid of, uh, you know, a little speed and explosion. You know what I'm saying? People make a, lot, a big deal of that. But, you know, I, I see that stuff all the time in the gym. You know what I'm saying? I, I train with fast guys. I train with explosive guys. It's nothing new. You know what I'm saying? Keep your hands up. Stay disciplined. You know what I mean? Pick your shots. It's another day. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like on the show, like, did you ever like get to know him personally, or were you guys kind of always keeping it apart? Because uh, like it, it showed a couple moments you guys talked on the show, but like it, you were obviously close with a lot of other guys. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, if you didn't know, this is like the third or fourth time me and Treshawn have been scheduled yeah. to fight. Like, I mean, we've I've known of Treshawn for years, like, um. And, you know, he's known of me for years. And so it was really just kind of funny that we both ended up on the show. Uh, and, you know, in the house, you know, uh, we're, we're the Carolina boys, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, there weren't a ton of minorities in the house. So, you know, we had some things we could get along with. But, you know, it, it wasn't anything like monumental, you know what I'm saying? Like we're we're very cordial to each other, you know what I'm saying? We know who each other are. Uh, you know, I remember in like a little 
uh, post tough clip, he talked about like wanting to be the godfather of my child. I was, I have no idea where that came from. That came out of fucking left field. Like, I mean, I, like we know each other, you know what I'm saying? We've been around each other. Um, and you know, if I see him, uh, outside of a situation where we have to fight each other, I'll be like, Hey, what's up, Trey? How you doing, baby? You know what I mean? But right now it's all business and, you know, he's trying to take food off my family's table. So do you think your experiences having the one UFC fight is an advantage? Cause a lot of people talk about like the Octagon jitters and just like the UFC fight. Or do you think just cause you guys both did tough and it's just at the apex, like it, it kind of neutralizes it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, there's a little bit of a difference, uh, going from fighting like with no audience and just like Dana White and like a couple other people in the crowd and your teammates and stuff, uh, to fighting, like in a normal situation where there's like a little bit of an audience and, you know, uh, you're with your regular coaches and whatever. Uh, I I think really just my experience overall is going to pay dividends. Like if you look at Trey's record, as opposed to my record, uh, like total fights, amateur and pro combined, like I have way more experience. I fought way better competition. Uh, I have way more finishes. Like, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like on paper, like I should be, a way scarier person than Trey. It's it's weird how like this perception of him being this terrifying guy, even though he doesn't really have a ton of finishes, you know what I'm saying? He had one really good performance and uh everyone wants to put him on a pedestal, but you know, it'll, it'll be it'll be it'll be a good time. It'll be a good time on February. Uh, have you talked to like Ryder or Gilbert about their fights with Trey Sean? Uh not since it got rebooked. Um because, you know, I was there, you know what I'm saying? I was there. I saw what happened. Uh, and, you know, I, my approach to fighting Trey is like my own. I don't fight like Gilbert. I don't fight like Ryder. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, uh, and, you know, honestly, I think uh, just watching Gilbert, like I said, um, his fight, there was a lot of times where he came into the pocket with his hands down, you know, trying to do like, you know, some, some nice technical things, but, with someone like Trey Sean, probably the biggest thing I learned from the show is you just have to stay t- uh, fundamentally sound. You know what I'm saying? You got to be able to check the leg kick. You know what I'm saying? You got to be able to return shots. You got to be able to, you know, put pressure on with the basic strikes. And, uh, you know, it, talking to them, like I've been, I've been watching Trey for a long time. So talking to them would, you know, it'd be kind of nice, but I had already talked to them. So it's not something I felt like super pressed to do. How do you kind of see this fight playing out then? Man. The way my work, the way my mind works and the way I prepare for fights is I have like a million different scenarios in my head. I have the bad scenarios that go through my head and how I get out of those. I have the good scenarios that go through my head. Uh, Generally speaking, um, you know, if you watch my previous fights, and based on the way he fights, based on his uh, explosion and speed, you can expect the first minute to two minutes to the first round to be the most competitive. But, um, you know, as I continue to put pressure on him, you know what I'm saying? As I continue to stay in his face, as I continue to, you know, mix things up and confuse him with what I'm attacking him with, you know, he's going to melt mentally and physically. You know what I'm saying? Just like everybody does. Everybody melts mentally and physically when I fight him. You know what I'm saying? Just go back and watch the tape. So uh, I'm expecting nothing different in this fight. How big do you think your cardio will be then? Because you're a guy that 
can go 15 hard minutes and and not just 15 hard minutes but 15 minutes like on like pushing them as well you know cardio like for me cardio is like a a bare requirement right like um I always feel like my cardio has to be in the best place possible before I go into any fight. So I don't have to worry about that. But at the same time, I can't count on that being the avenue to victory. You know what I'm saying? I can't count on Treshawn getting tired and me winning the fight because he got tired. You know, that's not something I want to bank on. So um, yeah, my cardio is going to be there. Um, I'm in the best shape of my life physically. You know what I'm saying? But uh, it's really I'm just looking to be better than them everywhere. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking to be better than them on the feet. I'm looking to be better than them on the ground. Uh, wherever the fight goes, I just want to beat them. You know what I'm saying? So uh, my cardio will be there. And I'm trusting that Treshawn has watched fights. You know, he knows me. He knows my reputation. I'm trusting that he's going to come in in super duper shape, ready to go 25 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so uh, I'm not really looking forward to that being an advantage. But if it turns out to be an advantage, you know, you'll see it pretty quickly. It'll it'll show itself soon. I've talked to a bunch of people coming off tough, and they've always said, like, the first fight after the tough finale kind of feels like their official UFC debut just because you have nothing to do with the show. But, like, do you still think it's going to take you one more? Because this one's still kind of, for a lot of people, <laughs> they view it as still a show. Uh, that's actually a really fair question. That's funny. Um, but... No, no. Uh, as long as I'm wearing the Venom gear, I'm yeah. all right with, it. you know, this is the fight that they booked. You know what I'm saying? Like we both got UFC contracts. We're both UFC fighters now. So, um, you know, I, I am looking forward to someone asked me the other day if I'd be open to a rematch with Petroski. And I'm like, I mean, I, if that's what they wanted me to do, I guess. But it's like I'd rather fucking fight someone who's a bona fide UFC athlete and you know not on the show. And not on the show, someone that I haven't fought already, you know what I mean? Uh, looking forward to new challenges and whatnot. But, um, yeah, man, you know, I, I feel like you can't get wrapped up in, in things like that when you're getting ready for fights. Like, it's a fight, whether it's on the Ultimate Fighter, whether it's in the UFC, whether it's in, you know, your fucking gym, you know what I'm saying? You just got to go out there and fucking execute and go out there and take the person out, you know what I mean? Uh, what do you think a win over Trey does for you? Because even before going on to tough, like he was a guy that had a lot of hype, and like on the show, like a lot of people were hyping him up. Man, uh, a win over Trey. Yeah, I mean, I think all that'll do is it'll silence some of the some of the doubters. But once again, Trey's like three and zero. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like most people in the UFC, you know, have. 10 to 20 fights and are just absolute killers and, you know, are coming from overseas. So, you know, I'll beat Trey, but, you know, uh, I'm sure after that, people are still going to be talking like, oh, well, you know, he has to fight someone for real. You know what I'm saying? If he fought like a real killer in the UFC proving, you know, he wouldn't do anything. So once again, you know, it's just uh, one of those things where I, I listen to all like, I, uh, you know, people say don't read the comments. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't like it'll mess with your head. I, I love it, man. I love it. I read all the comments, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? On Instagram, Twitter, I read them all. And like I, I'll heart some and I'll use some as billboard material so that when I'm working out, you know what I'm saying? And I'm getting tired and I'm thinking about like, you know, maybe taking my foot off the gas a little bit, you know, relaxing a little bit. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. These people don't think you can fight, baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, there's, there's still people out there that, you know, think I can't do the damn thing. So I got to go out there and fucking do the damn thing. 
uh, over and over, over and over again, just like after Trayshawn, just over and over and over again until there's no, no question. Uh, just a couple more things. Like you get this win here. Like, do you have someone you want to fight or is it really just whoever the UFC offers you? And as long as it's not someone on the show. <laughs> um, I would love to fight um, people who've been calling me out. There's been a couple guys on the contender series that have come out that are like, you know, said if they were on the ultimate fighter, they would have won. You know, there's people who've been saying my name. Once again, I hear all that stuff. I'm listening to all that. So there's a couple people on my wish list right now. Uh, Cause you know, right now I ain't shit in the UFC. You know what I'm saying? I won the ultimate fighter, but I'm at the bottom of the rankings. Um, so I got time for, you know, uh, any prospects coming up, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, uh, if someone wants to like take what I got, you know, come, come and try to get it, baby. You know, I'm here, I'm here for it all. You know what I'm saying? I want all the smoke. So once again, long answer to a short question, not particularly, but there's a couple people I wouldn't mind fighting. Uh, just last thing, like what is kind of this perfect year like for you? Cause you're a guy that likes to be active. So if you can map out like 2022, like what does that look like for you? Um, at least four fights at least four fights. That would be nice. Um, yeah. Like you said, I like to stay active, uh, you know, in this game, you know, you eat what you kill, you know what I'm saying? And so um, that's something I've done my whole career, you know, back to when I first started training, you know, I stay in the gym, you know, I love the game. I love fighting. So um, yeah, if I can get in there as much as possible, take as many head homes as possible, take as many checks home as possible. You know, that's, that's what I'm trying to do. Well, Brian, I appreciate the time as always. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Thanks for having me.